got a big red cherry nose. Santa's got a big red cherry nose. Who laughs this way? Ho ho ho. Santa laughs this way. Ho ho ho. Ho ho ho. Cherry nose. Get on it. Suit that's red. Special night. Here that's right. Must be Santa. Must be Santa. Must be Santa. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the In Real Deep Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Samino, senior writer at InRealDeep.com, and with me, as always, is executive editor Andrew Johnson. Hello, Andrew. Season's greetings. Season's greetings to you as well, my friend. We are back. It's Christmas month on the In Real Deep Podcast. You've listened to two episodes previously, I hope. You've listened to our Meaning of Christmas episode, Christmas movies, the meaning of them. And then our Arthur Christmas episode, we're getting deep into December. We're talking about all things Christmas, all things holiday movies, all things Sam Johnson, our, our special guest, who we'll get to in a moment. But here, we are talking about a, yeah, a very polarizing movie, I would say. Arthur Christmas, I think we found common ground, thought it was cute, thought it was fun. The, today is a whole other subject. Today is Love Actually, the 2003 Christmas-themed romantic comedy. We might take issue with part of that description already, but it is nominally a Christmas movie. It has been chosen by Sam Johnson, our special guest, who we're going to say hello to in just a moment. And my God, is it quite a thing. Sam, let's say hi. Let's get right to it. How are you doing? Merry Christmas month. How are you feeling now that Love Actually has been completed? Uh, I feel like there's a lot of love in the air since it's Christmas time. <laughs> Actually, there is. That's right. <laughs> oh. Hey. All right. Let's so let's do beverage of choice real quick. It, we're recording this on the Lord's Day, a Sunday. So I don't know if everyone is consuming. I have a drink. It is the Alpine Beer Company's Truck Trail American Pale Ale, which I really like. No Christmas theme again, but. A delicious Sunday afternoon beer for Steve. What are the Johnson brothers enjoying right now? Sunday afternoon. Isn't it Sunday morning for you? Well, it's after 11, so that counts as the afternoon, right? I guess football's on out there. So. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, I am drinking a wild berry seltzer. Mm. <laughs> I'm drinking uh, coffee, which is sweetened up a little bit with some eggnog. Oh. Hey, careful. Don't be like Andrew and get mush mouth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll do my best. I think my ratio is is strong. Mm. <laughs> That's good. If anyone knows the ratio of eggnog to put in a drink, Sam, I would bank on you, given your your Christmas prowess in other areas. All right, let's get to this. Let's to Andrew. We're gonna let you do the honors. If everyone remembers from the last couple episodes, this is Andrew's first time seeing Love Actually. It's actually probably my first time seeing it all the way through, and. It was quite, we've already had quite a conversation offline, and I can't wait to hear Andrew describe this movie. Take it away, Mr. Johnson. Tell us how you would describe Love Actually to all the fans out there. So this is the first and last time, let's just say that. Um, here's here's what happens, and here's a quick synopsis of Love Actually for the 12 people my age who haven't seen it. Uh, basically... They got a bunch of super famous actors like Hugh Grant and Laura Linney and Emma Thompson and Liam Neeson and Bill Nye and a couple people that would eventually become a lot more famous. And they had them all play self-absorbed, shallow, poorly drawn characters in England. Oh, Keira Knightley's in there, too. Um, and then they sexually harass and fat shame each other for about two hours. <laughs> and then they show up at a Christmas pageant. And then they go to the airport. 
<laughs> and this happens in the five weeks before Christmas. And then the movie ends. Did I? Is that a fair summation of the movie? I, like plot wise, would you guys say? I think you hit on some of the key themes. <laughs> Airports, love, fat shaming, or at least or women shaming across the board, gender shaming. I feel like is a key element of this movie. This is not a movie that I would say is kind to the female gender in any way, shape, or form. I think there's maybe some th- sympathetic moments at best, but in reality, it's it's the men doing what they want to do when love, quote-unquote, guides them, and the women sort of going with the flow and being inconvenienced or saddened or frustrated or some variation of or combination of the three by their male counterparts. And I think, you know, that is not part of the Christmas uh, theme as I would as I would think of it. What do you think the best example, or, or rather, what who is the most pathetic female character in this? Because I feel like... Laura Lenny. Yeah. You think so? I Which, think yeah, which is a tremendous waste of her talents as an actress. By it's, the way, it's like Sully. But, it's Sully-esque in how much they waste Laura Lenny. It's terrible. But trying to figure out, like, you know, which talented actors' talents are most wasted in this film is like trying to figure out like which building got damaged the worst in the firebombing of Dresden. So it's 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 just like we we talked about like. We talked about at the beginning of the series that our friend Mark, who loves this movie, although I think maybe ironically now after having seen it, uh, t- it's called one of the movies that Sam put it on his list, A War Crime. And this movie is a war crime, in my opinion. It, it is it, 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 just everything about this movie I, I loathe. I, I, I loathe every, every part of this movie. <laughs> it, it's, 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 it's wasteful of talent. It's it's trite. It's it's uh, it, it's late. It's profoundly lazy. I mean, so, so, so lazy. They don't even bother developing characters. They just rely on your perception of that actor. Like Hugh Grant. They're just like, hey, Grant, do some Hugh Grant shit and we'll put you in like 10 Downing Street. And, <laughs> and it's it's so lazy. The message is horrible. I mean, even like even. Like, what is the message of the movie? Like, what is the message that, like, love conquers all? Because that can't be the case, because Emma Thompson's character, and also Andrew Lincoln, who, like, loves his best friend. Like, they just, it, the movie is a name. It doesn't have a point. It doesn't have a point. It, it, and it just, and then it, and then at the end, it gets people with this, you know, cheap, just cheap emotional, like, airport thing. And uh, it, it's just it's just a terrible movie. It, it's just terrible from start to finish. And I have a theory about why people like this movie. And actually, it was fashioned last night over some drinks with uh, with my wife's cousin and her husband. And 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 that is that this is a movie that people are like, oh, Christmas. And they throw it on in the background while they're like wrapping presents or doing something else. And then they don't actually watch the movie. Because if they had watched the movie, they would despise it. It's terrible. <laughs> it's an awful movie. No one has actually watched this movie. And anyone who has watched this movie hates it. That's that. Okay, that's the end of my rant. I'm going to be I the have ten- a lot more to yell about. But, but <laughs> I'm going to be I, the... I just- I'm going to be the chair umpire here and let the Johnson brothers just volley back and forth. I feel like that is my role for this one because I feel like only Sam can respond to that amazingly passionate rant from Metro. I mean, that that's a very extreme position, AJ. <laughs> um, 
it's, it's like it's it's fair that some of the pieces of this movie haven't aged the greatest, um, specifically the sexual harassment stuff. Um, <laughs> I I do think that uh, there are some good things about this movie. Um, there's some genuinely funny moments. Bill Nye is great. He's he's fantastic. I I will say that I understand his character's story arc, uh, and I see the point of it more than um, pretty much anyone else uh, in the movie. And what is I think the point of it? what is the point of it? Is like he, he, his character's interesting. He's the aging rock guy. He's totally irreverent. He goes on this journey, he thinks that it's going to like make him happy again, but then he realizes that he loves and just wants to hang out with his manager. And it's like <laughs> a sort of like it's a sort of like pure platonic love and uh you know, he realizes that like fame is important, but but that he's been famous before and he knows like the road that that uh that that leads down and what really matters is the people that are close to him. And I would say that that is the movie may cheaply invoke those sorts of emotions consistently, but it does invoke them. So whether or not it's cheap, I mean, like I cried so hard at the Liam Neeson funeral scene. Bye bye baby. That was just like, Oh, that crushed me. I cried at the beginning scene in the airport. I cried at the last scene in the airport. Um, I mean, I I think Emma Thompson is a, is a good character, uh, and the way that she gives Rickman <laughs> sort of the ultimatum towards the end, and is like, I don't know if it's a necklace or a necklace and sex, is a great line. So I, I mean, I'm gonna cut in real quick. Even, I want to I want to resolve that storyline. I want to cut in real quick and say Emma Thompson is by far the best part of this movie. Is the only person I think who does it, you know, and I think Liam Neeson is okay, but I think Emma Thompson is it gives the best performance and actually has the most of anyone with a character arc. She might her and Nye probably have the most to do, and I think they both are very good. Liam Neeson is just playing himself. It's like I, it's like this. He could just be t- in taken in this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but he does have great bookshelves in his house. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to give my quick opinion. I think, and I think Andrew disagrees with this, but I would say if you, if they cut this movie down to Bill Nye, Hugh Grant, Colin Firth, the Emma Thompson, Alan Rickman story, and the Liam Neeson story, and just had those five stories and made it like an hour and a half movie, it would be not bad. I think there would be, I think it would still be maudlin and, and overly sentimental and a lot, without a lot of purpose or reason to exist. But I think it would, those, those characters have relatively fleshed out arcs, whether you like them all or not. I think they are okay. But I think there's so much shit sprinkled in around them that makes no sense, is not relevant, barely has anything to do with Christmas, really doesn't provide any insight into love. And I feel like that stuff just slows it down. Like Martin Freeman, Andrew Lincoln, all that shit is just so extraneous. Laura Linney, like, just makes her look sad. Like, there's just so much dumb stuff around the stuff that I feel like could actually be relevant and interesting. And again, it's not saying that would be good, but I think there's something there that they totally dismantle and ruin by by surrounding it, sandwiching it in between a lot of dumb stuff that goes nowhere and is focused on for like three minutes each. I totally agree. I like totally forgot that Martin Freeman was in the movie. I remember <laughs> like think, thinking that that was funny, but there's like literally no point to his character. 
or the woman. There's no uh, point to any of these characters. <laughs> There's no point to any of these characters. They're lazily drawn. The movie itself is just so cynically made. That's the problem, Steve. Sure, you cut it down to an hour and a half. You still have the same hacks who cynically would be writing and telling the story huh? and wasting the talent of every of everyone involved. I mean, it's just like what what is the point? Okay, you brought up Emma Thompson. Like they never even resolve that storyline, really. Like, and you said, Sam, the movie's about loving love and people who are close to you. Well, if that's true, then to that, then just Emma Thompson just eats a big shit sandwich at the end. Like, well, she's... I think the Emma Thompson thing is that like you are in a marriage, you know, and that's like I thought it was the closest to real life, honestly. Uh, that 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 this movie got to, whereas like, I mean, Hugh Grant and Billy Bob Thornton acting as prime minister and president is just like. Uh, very funny to me, especially like the substance of their policy discussions is like, I'm strong and you're weak. And then Hugh Grant's like, <laughs> I know I'm British and I'm weak, but I'm going to be strong this time because you sexually harassed my assistant. <laughs> Sam, I agree with that. Billy Bob is great in this too. I was so, That was such a good two minutes of Billy Bob. I loved it. <laughs> He's a strong, creepy president. And like, honestly, a little bit of foreshadowing there. Uh, unintentional. Um, <laughs> So I, the, I found, also found those discussions, uh, the like pol- political discussions, hilarious, like in the bat, really hilariously bad way. Like, especially there was one part I wrote down in my notes where like, uh, one of Hugh Grant's like assistants or whatever, like walks into the office and she's the folder just clearly says secret treasury department, like on it. I'm like, Oh my God, could you get any lazier? Like, that's what I mean. It, like, it just, it just, it, it's just so when i say cheap i mean like maudlin not cheaply made it's just it there's just nothing here like to me this movie was summed up in the first five minutes when bill nye is singing and he like stops in the middle of the song and he goes this is shit isn't it and his manager goes solid gold shit baby and that (laughs) right there is the fucking movie you don't need to see anything else it is so solid gold super, shit. You're saying it's meta. <laughs> no, it is definitely not. <laughs> definitely not I think they give you a hint that maybe they know what they're doing at that point, and then it just goes back to being sentimental bullshit. So, you know what though? It, uh, the soundtrack in this is also great. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's fantastic. It's really good. And well, let, let's get into Sam. Let's, let's let's take a step back there and let's talk about this not just as a movie but as a Christmas movie. I, I disagree that the soundtrack is good. Well, the soundtrack maybe, but the score is terrible. Also, I wrote that down in my notes as well. <laughs> All right, it's, let's. It's, it's just an awfully made movie. Let's talk about this in the scheme of Christmas movies because I think that is really the crux of why we're doing this, and that's why we made Andrew watch this horrible movie and made him suffer so much pain and indignity. What Sam? What do you now that you've seen it again? Obviously, you you have fondness for it. I think there's a couple things to be fond about, and I still think it's also terrible. But Sam, what do you think about this as a Christmas movie? I think Andrew makes some good points that it really isn't. Like there's just so little of it that has real direct ties to Christmas. It just feels all tacked on and inserted just so it could, you know, sort of like the Christmas number one they talk about constantly that Bill Nye is trying to reach. Point. Yeah, it's just they're trying to put it out because they they, they know if they if they tie Christmas in, they're going to get more people to watch it. I mean, that's definitely true. There, you have to remember that there's a bow on the movie poster. So uh, that that's very Christmassy. Um, but 
I do. I do kind of feel like that in the like uh, the second half hour, they kind of forget that it's a that they're making a Christmas movie, and they're basically just trying to give all these like mega stars screen time. Uh, and then they sort of like come back around, and there's a lot of excuses that like for them to just say the word Christmas um, as a way to justify their whatever action they're taking. Um, and so, I mean, there are some key. Uh, well, first of all, like it, it happens on Christmas. The the uh, UK number one is you know it, it's one of those things that the movie wouldn't be the same if. Especially for Bill Nye, if if uh, he he ha- he wasn't releasing a Christmas album, um, the Christmas pageant that Emma Thompson and uh, Hugh Grant go to, along with Rickman, Rickman shopping, Rickman shops uh, for uh, his uh, I guess potential mistress, uh, and then it, it has a lot of the uh, core principles as well, which we can go into. But uh, I, I sort of want to hear. What you guys have to say about well, that. Well, okay, so here's my problem, like, with that assessment. Like, it, it's that's all superficial. Like, if we're talking about a Christmas movie, like, how does this movie speak to the Christmas spirit? Re- like, what you've described is, you know, to go into the, the technical movie terminology, it's just Christmas is a MacGuffin, a plot device to keep the plot moving. Like, there's nothing about this that... To, so, let, to separate just how terrible I think this movie is, I actually think it should be thrown out of the Christmas genre based on your standards because Ooh. because nothing nothing in this movie that really really relates to the Christmas spirit or, or and and you've listed a few plot points um, that are sort of like loosely tied to Christmas but are aren't about the Christmas spirit and could easily be you know tossed out for some other like Alan Rick, Rickman could be shopping for a birthday present for his wife you know like it doesn't have to be Christmas mm-hmm. um, the Christmas pageant could be a whatever. Easter fresh. pageant. Yeah, it could be any holiday. Like, <laughs> none of that fresh. stuff has to be. Yeah, I was trying to have like Fourth of July, Thanksgiving, like, <laughs> um, but like a lot of those things like could just be other non-Christmas related things. So the, I think that I, I not only do I think this is a terrible movie, but I think it should be ejected from the Christmas genre by the standards that we've sort of re- loosely agreed to here. <clears throat> I think uh, uh, you make a very very compelling argument. Um, I, I, I think about this movie in context of the holiday, the other, uh, sort of like all-star cast. And it almost feels like the holiday is more of a, of a Christmas movie, even though the plot also in that one doesn't really center around, uh, uh, Christmas at all. Um, but I, I think you do make a compelling case. Uh, the, the, the one thing that ties it all together though is the uh, Bill Nye UK Christmas number one. That that song is, is all throughout the movie. It's like it, it ties the whole thing together. And yeah, it is. A, it, it seems to me that it is probably a MacGuffin, like you say. It's like just a way to keep things moving. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. Maybe we should expel it. But then what, what, what do we do with the garbage romantic comedy Christmas genre? Well... Is, we just leave holiday in handcuffs alone. <laughs> well, like so, I well, I haven't. We haven't. Well, obviously, we have. Steve and I haven't seen holiday in handcuffs. I feel like now really, we need to see it though, given assessment. given all this conversation about it. Uh, yeah, but like, <laughs> I, it's funny you brought up the holiday because I, I wanted to mention actually that like I've seen the holiday. I did not enjoy that movie, but that movie is like 
a thousand times the movie Love Actually is. I mean, it's it's like it's it's at least coherent, uh, and it doesn't try to do it doesn't try to have forty seven different ensemble like this enormous ensemble cast, and so it at least has like uh, you know more of a more of a a point to it. Um, I don't have a problem with the ro- the holiday themed rom com staying, but like again, this one is just so it just it just feels so the the ties to Christmas are so cynically drawn that like, I just, that's why I feel like it should just be ejected. So I, I don't know. I, I think it's, I think it's gotta go. Um, I'll ne- well, I'll never watch it again. So it doesn't really matter. Um, but. <laughs> I mean, okay. So back to the principles though, it's uh British. Uh, everyone is super rich in it. Uh, it has strong soundtrack and the unifying song that is centered around Christmas. And I think the the place where it's getting caught up is that oh also you cry in it uh, and th- there's at least some degree of redemption for a lot of the characters, uh, but I think what it's getting what 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 really like puts it in or out is exactly what you're saying is whether the plot actually needs Christmas or whether it just uses it as a device to keep things moving. Yeah, and I, mean, I, think, I don't think it. I don't think it does. Why couldn't Bill Nye's character be, you know, again some other holiday or some other, or just trying to make other, a trying to make a top ten single be, regardless of the holiday? Like he just wants to be famous again. Like it doesn't need to necessarily be a Christmas song. That that sort of reinforces his own. You know, he he's he's using that as a crutch himself as a character to get back into the good graces. Sort of you know knowing it's a cheap cash in, like you said, like. That that is one of the few. That's one of the few. It's, honestly, to me, it feels like a lot of these stories were little nuggets that were in you know Richard Curtis's head that were written for other movies or other purposes, and they were shoehorned into this movie. And then Christmas was either attached to them after the facts, or there was the lightest touch of like a holiday theme to it that was then either expanded or or, or tweaked in some way to include Christmas. Like Nye is one of the few ones that actually feels like uses Christmas as a reason for the story. Like it's implied that if you you get this Christmas number one. That's a thing that has meaning in the UK, and you can you can hop on to people's sentimentality and use that to restart your career or get a cheap hit or something like that. But beyond that, it's it, it is really not relevant to the holiday in any real way. Well, and I think that is sort of fucked up when you watch it again with a critical eye. The the Bill Nye thing is I, so I'm like as we t- the more we talk about this, the more like I don't think this movie is meta. But if the Bill Nye story was somehow a meta commentary on like. Yeah. on this then it then then it would be i wouldn't even call it a genius film but it was it would be a genius sort of shitty movie essay uh <laughs> like that, yeah and, and but then that changes the whole then it then it's not in your 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 subgenre sam then it's mocking then it's like uh then it's like a Christopher Guest mockumentary almost. Like it's Sam. It's Sam, like, I, Sam, I need you to like make this subgenre into like one of those interstellar type infographics with all the little nuts and bolts <laughs> and how everything connects. Because I can't keep track of all this. It's too complicated. So much going on. It definitely. This movie definitely laid the groundwork for like just creating New Year's Day and Valentine's Day and just like that whole format proved that you could just do this. And that you could change the word from love to Christmas in a song and then just make a movie out of it. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty kind, kind of amazing. You know what? One other thing is that I know you guys are like hating on the Christmas pageant thing, 
But when Hugh Grant, Prime Minister Hugh, Hugh Grant, uh, I think that Hugh Grant will be Prime Minister one day also. Yeah, I'm calling it right here. Uh, that when he's going door to door, it's important that it's Christmas uh, because, you know, a lot of people wouldn't be home if it wasn't Christmas. <laughs> I, will, I will use that to make a little tangent. Say, I think Hugh Grant is great in this. I think Hugh Grant is also fantastic. I... I I kind of agree. That's the only storyline I I was mildly. Yeah. Uh, he stands up for uh, fat people, so I wasn't <laughs> fat people, <laughs> or you know, normal sized people. Yeah, regular sized <laughs> humans. Normal sized, good looking people. Yeah, yeah beautiful yeah. people who may or called fat by somebody. I'm sure that if Hugh Grant saw an actual obese person, he would be as disgusted as everyone else <laughs> in the movie. By that. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, I don't, just, like, even the Hugh Grant part, like, I wrote this down in my notes, like, when he, he talks to the picture of Margaret Thatcher, like, come on. Yeah, you, like you saucy, saucy minx. Yeah, he calls her a minx. Yeah, that's it's fucked up. So I don't know what to make easy. of that. It's it's like a fucking British quip generator wrote the squip, <laughs> script for this whole movie. Yes, that, that, that is true. Yeah, that was not I a great part. I have a couple of pointed questions that I want to ask you guys. How many times do you think they say love in this movie? Hmm. <laughs> do you actually know the amount, or is that a rhetorical question? No. I can look really fast, but don't. <laughs> I would say uh, the 100, maybe? I'm going to say, like, 250. I don't know. Hmm. Definitely it, it triple a, digits. It is a long movie. It is a really it's fucking long movie. Two hours and 15 minutes. One of the things, so so what I found fascinating sort of ties into what Andrew had said earlier. When I told people I was watching this movie for our podcast and, you know, for the Christmas season, they almost universally said, oh, my God, it's so good. And then I said, well, it's actually terrible. And they got all upset with me. And then I said, what was the last time you've seen it? And almost universally it was, eh, 10 years ago or so. And then I said, do you realize yeah. it's two hours and 10 minutes long? And they said, what? No way. And I said, yeah, look it up. So, like, I think you're right, Andrew. There's a there's almost a universal lack of understanding of what this movie is, what it's trying to say, how long it is. Like, <laughs> everyone remembers the bullet points. No one actually sits down and watches the whole thing. And God bless them for not, because they should uh, not. But I, I, I think the... And and the movie does this. Uh, it came out and as it loves to point out, like at multiple points, it came out right after nine eleven, which is another cheap ploy. Um, <laughs> I think the whole world lost its fucking mind when this movie came out and thought it was good. Roger, I looked it up. Roger Ebert gave it three and a half out of four stars. Wow. wow. And, and I mean, I don't always agree with Ebert, but I figured that this this for sure would have been one he would have just shredded. I mean. Uh, and this was back, you know, before, I think before Ebert even got sick. So he should have really had his fastball. That I, I just, I think the whole world lost its fucking mind and, and didn't actually watch this movie. Like, I, it, it, or it was one of those movies that, you know, Steve and I have talked about this, like where you watch it once and you're like, oh, that was nice. Um, and, and then you go back and watch it like later and you're like, wait, why did anyone like this movie? And I, I don't, maybe that, that's like the, the best, best possible you know, scenario or thing I can talk myself into, but yeah, I would say it hasn't aged well. It hasn't aged particularly <laughs> well. It, like it made me feel. I, I have a connotation in my mind of love. Actually, makes me feel warm and fuzzy, and it's a nice thing to like watch with your girlfriend or wife around Christmas time. But w watching it alone, my wife is in England. Watching it alone on when you're like drinking beer. 
is just kind of <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't make you feel that good. Uh, like you, you kind of, you kind of hone in on the, on the sad parts more than, more than you should. Although I did still cry, uh, <laughs> because my heart, my heart was overwhelmed with joy. Yeah. You're still you, Sam. You can't fix that and nor should you. So I'm glad that you still cried, but I'm glad you're also able to like note that it is, uh, it's at the very, I mean, Andrew, I love Andrew's, uh, aggression because it makes me laugh. I don't agree yeah. necessarily with that, but I think there, you can't watch this movie and say it's good. It's, in, especially now. Like, Andrew, I think you make a good point. In the context of when it came out, I think it was a different sort of world for what, you know, lots, you know, 14 years ago, lots of stuff was going on that was very different than what's going on now. But, uh, yeah, in, in the context of today, I don't see how you can watch it and say it's anything remotely good or well made or anything like that. There's, guys, there's two key storylines that we haven't hit on really. Um, the first is uh, Colin, who is like basically looks like uh, uh, maybe a slightly uglier version of our friend Mark, uh, who, goes, who goes to America just to like. Just, uh, oh my gosh! <laughs> that part is so terrible too. That part that part's pretty good in that it's so ridiculous, and they play smooth when he gets to America, and I'm like, yeah, we do love smooth in America. You're right. Yep. And then he we'll comes back with Denise Richards or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, Denise Richards and uh, uh, Jack Bauer's daughter. Jack Bauer's oh. daughter and Shannon Elizabeth, all like the hottest mid two thousands women, are all there for him. And yeah, it's like he just he just lives the dream. He lives the dream. And <laughs> I think that I think that he's actually kind of right. He's a little bit right about his whole thesis, which is that I'm in the wrong country, and American <laughs> girls definitely think that British accents are cute. Like, how is that not true? Uh, I mean, maybe. And that American girls are hot, and that American girls are hotter than than British girls. He's the also whole, right. About that. The whole storyline has like a pickup artist vibe to it, though. I mean, that's kind of gross. Again, another another thing that's like, you know. I mean, it's not as bad as anything that happens with Rickman. <laughs> that's, uh, yeah. It, it yeah, God. So I want to I want to read something off the Wikipedia page for everybody. Sam, I know you have one more thing so, to bring up, but so much to hate. The, I don't know if you guys have read the Wikipedia page yet, which really reinforces everything we said. Curtis started writing the film as two distinct movies, but grew frustrated with the process. Partly inspired by the films of Robert Altman, as well as films such as Pulp Fiction, uh, <laughs> he made this movie into what it was—an ensemble film. The film did not initially have any sort of Christmas theme, although Curtis's penchant for such movies eventually caused him to write it as one. So we were 100% right in our interpretation. It was not Christmas-based at first. It is very, you know, it was a totally different movie that he eventually turned into this. Like, that that reinforces all the flaws and sort of really accentuates all the things we're talking about. That it's just, it is a cobbled together sort of piece of shit, a mongrel, that, that everyone regards as something worth praising when in reality it's just a mess. Yeah. Wow. Uh, the yeah. the invoking of Pulp Fiction and Robert Altman yeah, as a touchstone for this movie <laughs> um, <laughs> like hurts me deeply in my soul. That's what I would say. Like I, I just uh, I don't, uh, I don't see how it's different, AJ. What what other storyline did we not touch on, Sam? We, we didn't touch on. We barely touched on Firth on the Firth storyline, which is like I, I think welcome. It, first of all, like. Well, the first thing is that like he's pro- he's maybe the one, except for maybe uh, not Nye's character, 
it, it sort of lives outside the rest of the movie, right? You don't like really see the connection between him and everyone else in the movie because he's just off in Portugal or, or no, France. France. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. He's off in France, like, you know, being despondent because his wife was having sex with his brother, which is yeah. like. How did how did that how did that make you guys feel? That was that uh, what a what a shocking moment! What a reveal! How do brothers reconcile what they've just I mean, seen on screen? I mean, yeah, I knew it was coming. So. <laughs> uh, I think it was. Um, I think that that storyline is not terrible, but it's 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 sort of embarrassing how quickly she they fall in love with each other. Like I sort of like I feel like the end result is kind of cute that they care about each other and learn each other's language to fall in love more appropriately. But they are in love with each other in like five minutes. It's like who, what, and it's also such a rebound for Firth's character. Like he just had his girlfriend cheat on him with his brother, and now he's falling in love with his maid. Like that's fucked up, man. Like take a breather, take a couple plays yeah. off, and reset. You know. Well, yeah, and and like everything else in this movie, nothing is actually earned. Like none of the characters' redemptions are or or new things are actually earned. Like I agree. It, I think it would have been cute if they didn't like get married immediately like after knowing each other and being able to actually actually communicate with each other for like five minutes um i don't know yeah, yeah. you know they just look at each other and then they know aj so you know yeah yeah right so, sometimes yeah. you just know right yeah <laughs> it's your inner grinch coming out just yeah <laughs> Well, you you could say that, but this movie has nothing to do with Christmas, really. So it doesn't. I don't really feel like a Grinch for shitting all over it. <laughs> you know, I, here's the other thing that I'll I'll say is that I've definitely gotten what I wanted out of uh, AJ <laughs> of subjecting AJ to this movie. It was all a big scheme, and it's 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 playing into Sam's hands perfectly. Only a card you can play once, Sam. I'll just put it that way. And. Uh, I mean, and but at least it's recorded for all time, so you can go go and revisit it anytime you want, and uh, just bathe yourself in my uh, my hatred. So rewatching it and then hearing you just absolutely eviscerate this movie, it, it has like it has uh, rocked me to the core a little bit. I, like I don't know if I'll cry next time that I that I watch, but I probably still will. See, that's a good thing, though, if, if Sam, because, you know, while, you know, as, as a counterpoint to myself and Andrew, that's why we love having you on this series, is we want to hear your two cents. You have a genuine love for the, these movies and the idea of Christmas. But it's good that we can revisit them as, as a, you know, a trio and sort of, they're not all great, you know? I, I think, you know, we, it's, it's nice, and I love that you throw yourself into them and don't regard them with a critical eye a lot of the time. But if some, but if something sucks, at a certain point, you have to admit it sucks. You can't, you know, you can avoid the flaws for as long as you can, but, not everything holds up and deserves all the praise and joy and and you know quiet un unprobing love that things certain things get. Well, I, I guess I don't mind like I don't mind if someone like like would acknowledge all of the points I'm making and then is like yeah but I still like it. Like I think what bothers me the most about this um, and I and I kind of expected this movie to be this way. Is, is again that sort of collective like people have lost their minds about this movie like I just I, I don't understand why it enjoys the reputation that it does relative to like uh, a lot of other schlocky Hollywood movies that that are out there and are actually better like the holiday is a better movie than this one if I'm gonna wa if you're gonna make me watch a, a schlocky rom-com that's centered around Christmas this would be like very very low on my list uh that and that's that's i think what really 
bothers me is like the 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 sort of reputation that the film enjoys that it's is totally uh t- totally doesn't doesn't deserve um i mean everyone so. in the holiday is given 100 percent. this is like this is a one of my principles if you remember was that like you <laughs> it's know a cash grab yeah it's a cash grab and it's like you know either actors who haven't made their name yet or who are just essentially mailing it in. Everyone in this movie plays in their wheelhouse. Like, no one tries to go outside their range at all. And no one is even remotely, like, pushed to go outside of their range. Like, Liam Neeson is playing Liam Neeson. Because they're not playing characters. They're playing themselves. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not playing characters. So, like, uh, yeah. They should have just, just given everyone their actual names. Yeah. Hey, Liam Neeson, Liam, it's you. me, a small child. They could call Hugh Grant Prime Minister Grant if they wanted to. Like, that's fine. Like, yeah, yeah. That's, that, that's what he will be called in the future. He's gonna be <laughs> that would actually be a really fun experiment. We're a movie to do that. I would like it a lot more. It's being more honest. Just just don't don't pretend like these are actual other people. These are just the actors just having a good time, just hanging out. Well, or just give them the name of their most famous character. Right? Like, uh, I, I would love if, like, well, obviously this would be like this is sort of Back to the Future, but if Andrew Lincoln's character was just called Rick Grimes, that would be so. <laughs> they traveled. So Richard Curtis went into the future and saw that he'd be Rick Grimes and came back and said, "Hey, you're Rick Grimes. All right, don't know who that is." We didn't talk. Yeah. Let's let's actually wrap with that because I think that's something we've also really rarely talked about, and that's the probably the most uh, endearing and and remembered moment from this movie is Andrew Lincoln's uh, holding up the signs to Kira Knightley oh. while she went, oh. while his best friend she went to Oja for is upstairs watching TV, hanging out with no nary of concern in the world. That's so, like, I don't know what to make of that. Like, it's it's almost, I think that's been so transmogrified and fucked up and in people's heads, they think it's like this beautiful moment. How, what is good about that? Nothing about that is nice. Nothing, like, it's all terrible. It's horrible for everyone involved. It's complicated and exhausting and mean and manipulative. And it's like, it's all these things that love should not be at all. I mean, he also like murdered a lot of trees with all the car- fucking <laughs> car- what? You're focusing on cards. The- <laughs> no, I'm just saying everything about it is terrible, and including the fact that he wasted all of that paper. Well, like, I think it's, I think it's, it is everything that's wrong about this movie, right? It's, uh, it's, Total lack of depth from female character. Uh, and like, she's just totally helpless to the man's whim. Yep. Uh, it's like, it's incredibly lazy. There's no explanation for why Andrew Lincoln is in love with Kira Knightley other than the fact that she's just Kira Knightley. And like, like the only amount, the, the amount of diversity in this movie is, is limited to Ochafor and like his three lines. Like, and, he and, like, and, and the guy who goes to America has a black friend. Oh yeah, who's in it for five yeah. seconds? Just one black friend. And <laughs> other other than that, everyone is lily white. <laughs> <laughs> it's like so bad. Yeah. It's like oh yeah, let's throw an interracial couple in there. Uh, but yeah, and then Kira Knightley kisses Andrew Lincoln. Like why? Why does why does she do that? Wikipedia tells me it's a quick innocent kiss, so it's fine. It's just an innocent. She just got married and kissed another guy on in the, the mouth. mouth. <laughs> yeah, on the it's, mouth. It's innocent. A quick innocent kiss is not on the mouth in that scenario. <laughs> like, what would really happen in the in a scenario like that? Right? Like, like, what would she do? Would she be like, dude, you need to like get over me? I'm married to your best friend. Is that what she would say? 
I think so. I hope so. Yeah, hopefully. She's and, certainly and then, not... and then it, if he kept doing it, it would quickly become another instance of harassment. Yeah. Uh, More great yeah. love actually harassment. <laughs> it's just... I, th- yeah, yeah that's like the iconic scene, and I don't... It's it's profoundly unsatisfying, and it doesn't come from anywhere. Like, it... it, it uh, I mean, that again, may, maybe that sums up the movie almost as well as solid gold shit. But um, and the and the line at Christmas you tell the truth, which you know everyone in this movie says a whole bunch. First off, what oh, yeah. the fuck does that mean? Second off, why you don't do like that's not a thing that you do at Christmas. You do whatever you want. You respect oh, other yeah. people's marital commitments at Christmas. That's what you do. You don't tell the fucking truth. <laughs> every every Christmas morning, I open my presents and then I tell everyone in my family the truth. What I really think about that's what Frank Costanza does at the airing of grievances, but it's not what everyone else in the fucking world does. Uh, Why are you guys laughing? I, I do that. Yeah, <laughs> it's Christmas. It's really <laughs> awkward. It's really awkward at our around our Christmas tree. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sam's just dropping truth. <laughs> oh my god! All right, I think this is good. I think we have covered every inch of love actually to the furthest extent. If anyone has any final points, please share. Sam, do you have any little tidbits you want to touch on, or did we get everything? It annoys me to no end how British people say poppy or mache. It's like just say paper mache. <laughs> what about aluminium? Do you like that? I, I'm I'm more cool with like aluminium and laboratory. I feel like poppy or mache is just like it's way it's too it's a step too far for me from a British perspective. <laughs> um, the the what Hugh Grant says uh, at the uh, you know joint press conference with Billy Bob Thornton that would. Send, he basically says that the special relationship doesn't exist anymore. It would send shockwaves through the uh, international community. <laughs> He's got to impress uh, his girlfriend, man. Yeah. Um, and the, the, the other thing is that the Vixen character who seduces Rickman, I, she's like probably the most, she's just the most shallow harlot character with no substance of all time. And then she gets a chance to hit on the prime minister at the end, and she doesn't go for it. You'd think that someone with her like sexual uh, proclivities would <laughs> would go up to the PM when he when he shows up at her door. Sam, don't slut shame her. She just has she likes older men. She likes Rickman, not Graham. What? He's the PM. <laughs> so yeah, that's all I have. Those are great. Andrew, anything else from your end? Anything other? You you, you shared so much already. Just three morsels. Uh, wh- this movie raised many, 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 many questions. I almost, I pondered like doing like a live journal type thing of this movie. Um, that would probably be the only other, only scenario where I'd ever watch it again. Actually, would be to just capture my bile in a different medium, I guess. But um, I like Sam. I actually wrote this down in my notes. I like Sam when Liam Neeson picked up the phone in one scene. I just wanted him to start doing the Taken thing. Like, uh, I have a particular set of skills and all that stuff. Um, uh, one thing we didn't touch on really at all is Jojen Reed, uh, and the precocious kid that's like, uh, uh, Mm -hmm. wow, he is Jojen Reed. You're right. Oh my gosh. I I couldn't place him for a while and then I finally figured it out. Um, but like, one of the weird things is that he and his dad watched Titanic together, and I thought that was. Maybe a British thing, but but that would be really weird. Like I, I'm trying to imagine a scenario where like Sam and I, we were feeling down, and we just pop, 
pop Titanic in the in the VCR with 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 our dad when we were like growing up. Uh, I thought that was really weird. I, I don't know what kind of father and son would watch that movie together. Um, it was only like, a couple of years after Titanic, as it? a pick me up, like I, I I could see it w- watching it because it was like a big movie, but like. Oh, we've seen it a lot of times, and I want you to feel better. So let's watch a movie where the one of the main characters freezes to death. And <laughs> uh, oh, and then the other thing is that the the place where the pageant is has to be the largest auditorium that any grade school ever has. <laughs> it's it has two levels. <laughs> like, have you ever been to a, a like a fourth grade Christmas pageant where? Uh, where there's two levels. Oh, and the only other thing I'll say, one of the only other good things about this movie was that little girl singing All I Want for Christmas, uh, the, like, 11-year-old yeah. girl. She she kind of killed that part. She is great. Um, they were but, clearly uh, trying to launch her career in this movie. I don't, yeah. I don't know if they successfully or not. But, yeah, that was great. With the backup dancers and everything. That was uh, great. Yeah, I this agree. is an utterly incoherent movie. No one should ever see it. And... Um, <laughs> It's a, it's like I said, it's a, it's a war crime. <laughs> I have one final note, given what Andrew just said, that's even more relevant. I am really upset that Mark Addy, aka King Robert from Game of Thrones, is not Bill Nye's manager in this movie. I don't know why they got another fat, short-haired yeah. British guy to not, and it wasn't Mark Addy. It would be so great if King Robert was there. That would have been the icing on the cake for this movie. So I was upset yeah, that they, they couldn't look into the future and go, oh, everyone's gonna love Mark Addy in ten years. We got to get him in here. They needed that time machine to get yeah. Andrew Andrew Lincoln to be named Rick Grimes, yeah, and then right. to get the casting Robert of Robert Get nice. Robert in there. More wine. <laughs> well, you needed a lot of wine to get through this movie, I would say for sure. And oh. it sounds like hopefully all of you out there, when you watched it, have an insight and knowledge into love actually that you did not have before we sat down here. So. Thank you for going on this journey with us. It was quite an adventure, and I loved hearing Andrew. This is maybe the most riled up I've heard Andrew in, like, 50 episodes of this podcast. So I would just like to offer to anyone out there to that thinks they like this movie to rewatch it sometime in the next few weeks, and then, you know, send me an email uh, or find me on Twitter or whatever and tell me why I'm wrong. Comment on our Facebook posts and, and share your two cents. That might be the most efficient way to get in Open touch with challenge. us. Open challenge. I, I want to hear why this movie's actually good. I Andrew, I thought you were going to offer refunds if they paid for it. And I was going to say, oh, I would love a refund, Andrew. I've paid for it. <laughs> I, I rented it. I would love a refund, it. too. I, most like a refund of my two hours and 15 minutes. <laughs> it's, better, it's, it's better to be a traffic bonanza for us, this, this podcast. <laughs> yeah, you can't get that time back. It's gone now. It's gone. <laughs> Well, we press on anyway. And Andrew and Sam, thank you so much for your time. This has been wonderful. What an animated, beautiful... I don't know if this is the spirit of Christmas you were looking for, Sam, exactly, but maybe it's the part where everyone gets, you know, dr- drunk a little bit and yells at each other. That's part of Christmas too, right? Absolutely, yes. <laughs> and uh, I think this this is just going so well because we had a, a animated kids movie with Arthur Christmas that... I think, like you said at the beginning, we came into consensus on, and we're definitely at the at the like at the bottom now. We're we've hit rock bottom <laughs> for you know how we're feeling about Christmas spirit. So I, I'm excited to see what what the coming week brings. That's right. For everyone, we have one more episode. It is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. It comes out next Monday, Christmas Day. 
So your podcast apps still work on Christmas Day. Your iTunes still works. Your Stitcher still works. InRealDeep.com is up and running. Download the episode. Ignore your family. Listen to it. Learn about our thoughts on Christmas vacation. If you want to save it till later, you can do that as well. We don't need an immediate listen, but we are releasing it on Christmas Day. It'll be a treat. I think it will be a little more uplifted and joyful than we will here. Maybe less <laughs> combative and, and pleasantly barking at each other and at this movie, but I think it'll be another fun animated conversation as we wrap up Christmas month on the In Real Deep podcast. So, Andrew, thank you as always for coming on. Arf, arf, thanks. <laughs> Sam, always a pleasure. I'm sad we only have one left, but we're going to make it count. Yeah, we will. <laughs> and thanks to everyone, as always, for listening. We'll be seeing you further on up the road. Adios. Soon will come our way, Santa very soon will come our way. Eight little reindeers put his sleigh.